Hey guys, welcome back again to the Cutline Smoke Podcast presented by Zeal Cigars, CigarSoapbox.com. And as always, coming to you live from sunny Phoenix, Arizona, where it's approximately 102 degrees outside. And it is hot as all get out. I swear I saw the devil walking on the sidewalk and he was sweating himself. Uh, and we are coming to you live from the Huddle Up Store Studios. Go to Huddle Up Stores dot com and you can check them out as well and see if they'll work out for your business so uh we have a very special guest today that's going to help me recount some of the things that um i've been talking about on the podcast for a little bit with my son camden and the guest here is not my son he or she is actually rather my firstborn daughter her name is savannah grace and it's not wreath anymore it is now officially marshall and uh, for the last three years now so savannah say hi to the people hi okay so get closer to the mic Hi, guys. There you go. Yeah, you want to stay closer <laughs> to the mic on this one. Uh, this will be an audio-only podcast. Savannah just got done filming a video with me, so if you want to check out that video, go to Best Best Cigar Reviews on YouTube, and you can check out that whole video where I caught up with Savannah a little bit. We smoked a good cigar, and uh, just is kind of like old times. Father and son, uh, or father, father, and father and daughter, son. father and daughter, <laughs> father and daughter, uh, you know, uh, YouTube. We did that for a very long time together. It was probably about a year. I think we did like that Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. We did it for like a, a year together, though. Oh, yeah. when I worked here, yeah. yeah when you we worked did here. it for yeah. a year. Yeah, when, we worked, when you worked here. So we had done another one since Christmas. That's right. So this yeah. has been a good, a good catch up and everything. Uh, I think Savannah was kind of shocked that everything goes a little smoother now because we have everything a lot more worked out than we had before. And I'm not so uh, uh, by the seat of my pants anymore. Am I, JB? I'm a little bit by the seat of my pants. I'm, I don't know. JB's across from me. He's running the board. No, we, we pretty much still are. Yeah, we're, we're pretty, you know, nothing scripted. But everything is well thought out. Can we, can we agree on that one? Is it well thought out? Sort of thought out? Maybe? Depends. I know. That's true. There's not um, as many bloopers. There isn't as many bloopers. <laughs> that's because um, he edits it all out. I do. I do. No, There's, but even when we were doing the video, when I when I used to work here, there'd be so many times where people were like, crap, I didn't do that that well. I need to do it again. <laughs> that's 100% true. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get better at this. Maybe um, he's just not as self-conscious anymore. Well, no, that, I, I don't think maybe. it's a self-conscious thing. I think I somebody <laughs> gave me a somebody gave me a, a nice compliment one time, um, and they said, uh, "When you're relaxed, you seem more professional. When you when I, when I can see that you're stressed in a video, you seem a little more hurried." And I thought, "Oh, well, I want to be I want to relax because I I one I, I like being professional." And two, I really believe in what we do. So I want to be relaxed mm-hmm. and enjoyed and not really forced. And so um, a little bit what we're going to be doing today is relaxing and enjoying because I have my family around and I have uh, the best dude in, in my life around. Uh, that's JB. Eh, and so second. The second best dude. Cam's the first. Cam, Cam, Cam's a good dude. He's, he's a good dude. I don't know if he Ethan holds, doesn't know. even play. Ethan's probably third. <laughs> he's third. He's third. He gets um, three. So uh, For now. I got, I got some good people around me and I'm looking forward to talking what we're talking about. So we're going to catch up a little bit. I, we've been talking a little bit about the, the book I'm writing and I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to writing it. It's slided for... 2024. Please tell me you have an editor because if you're writing a book <laughs> my wife between me edit. and you. Yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's mom. Don't worry. My wife, my wife was a uh, English teacher for uh, 10, to 15, 10 to 15 years. It, on. I don't know if you saw how coffee was spelled out there in the lounge on the poster, but it's spelled it. with one E. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Mom wouldn't even let him turn in essays before she looked at right, him. There's right. no way is she's going to let him really one E out there? Is it really? Of course it is. <laughs> I misspell everything, so my wife wouldn't let me turn in papers in college without her editing. So. That's great. Anyway, it's the only way I got through college is your mom. So, uh, so in the uh, in the in the spectrum of me writing this whole thing and, and what it's about and everything else like that, it's semi controversial because I feel like anytime we talk about you know angels, demons, ghosts, paranormal type stuff, uh, I feel a little bit like I belong in a mental mental institution, and uh, I think that that is true of anybody that's experienced some of the things that we've experienced. Um, but I'm, you're here to back up some of the things that we experienced yeah. when we were, when you guys were kids and of anybody that would remember the most, you would, uh, because you were the oldest, you know, around yeah. that time. And, uh, there were, there were some hard times that we went through both in ministry and, and just business. Uh, mm-hmm. and you've been around for all of them. And I think that you can speak to a lot of that, uh, stressor into some of the crazy things that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so one of the first things I want to do is first off, just kind of reiterate what the book is called. The book is called haunted a pastor's experience with the demonic. So, uh, there's 15 different stories in there, um, of, uh, really what, what tends to be a 20 year ministry period. Uh, and then plus to be honest with you, cause I was in the cigar industry when some of these things happened as well. Yeah. Uh, and there's stories, uh, in and out of the industry, in and out of ministry, uh, that people have validated, not just my family, but other people have seen things happen mm-hmm. that are quite unique. 
um, that people have, for a long time, people have been asking, you should write this stuff down, you should put this in a book, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So the book has nothing to do with cigars, other than cigars being ha- being like a little, you know, side note of what I do professionally. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> we'll talk about that a little bit uh, in the book, but not a, not a tremendous amount. It's going to mainly focus on um, angels, demons, the supernatural, paranormal, uh, that type of stuff from a biblical worldview perspective. Uh, I think that will be unique in particular because I think a lot of times when people write books on this kind of stuff, uh, they talk about it or it's fictional and they don't have practical real world experience the way that mm-hmm. maybe our family has. And so, um, and I think we have a unique perspective and we also have a unique platform to bring it to the world, which a yeah. lot of people don't, you know, most people are, if they do something like this, they're doing it for the church and they're in ministry. We're not doing this for the church or in ministry. We're actually in the business world. Yeah. And so we're actually talking about this, but we find that it connects with a lot of people out there because a lot of people maybe even listening to the podcast have had experiences like this and they're not sure how to contextualize what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what we want to do with this as well is give, give a, give a context to this kind of stuff. So JB is here, not just to run the board, but because he's uh, experienced some of the things here, you know, as well with uh, um, the, I'll call it the, the man under the stairs that ran through the doorway. If I'm, I'm correct on that <laughs> one. Um, and we've talked about it. Uh, I'd mind him to be honest with you. I mean, we've talked about it quite a lot, probably on the podcast, supernatural spirits things. Uh-huh. Um, so, which is cut light and smoke podcast is really about uh, cigars, men and masculinity. Uh, and this tends to come up a lot, not just because I'm a Christian, because some guys tend to really be interested in it. So mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to bring you on Savannah, because I know that you've had a lot of the experience with your mom, your brother, your sister and I in, mm-hmm. uh, but you have probably one of the first experiences prior to anything that I experienced uh, that my children did. And so yeah. go into a little bit about that. And, and the chapter is called, for me, in the, in the book, the chapter is called um, uh, Children Make It Personal. And yeah. so this is the first time that this happened with you. And so mm-hmm. recount how old you were and what exactly happened. Yeah, so I think I was about three. Okay. Because Madeline, Madeline wasn't born yet. So I, I couldn't have been four and Cam was under one. Um so I we were at Salem Road, mm-hmm. um, and the way that Salem Road was is this is in was, Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. in Cincinnati, and you would go up the stairs, and there was a really small hallway, and on the left side, I believe, was my door, and on the right side was Camden's door, mm-hmm. if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Uh, vice versa, yeah. Vice right, versa, right and left, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and so we, well, I uh, was sleeping one night, and I woke up because I had heard. Like, it's not like someone was jiggling a door handle outside my bedroom door. Mm-hmm. And I went over, I went over and I opened the door. And there's this really tall, like, the best way that I've ever been able to describe it is when I saw the, uh, when I saw the Prisoner of Ask- Azkaban, Harry Potter, mm-hmm. there's this scene where a character turns into a werewolf and the imagining of this werewolf is like this six foot tall, Skinny. Almost really skinny, almost hairless. It kind of looked like that, but it was entirely translucent, and I it glowed green, and I could see all of the bones. Oh wow! So it, okay. it wasn't like a wolf. It looked like a really massive human that was almost anorexic. Okay. It, it, it was very odd. Um, Bring the microphone towards you a little bit more, sweetie, so that they can get you. There you go. Okay. Right and it was jiggling Camden's door handle, and it went like it was trying to open the door, but it couldn't open the door. Mm-hmm. Um. And so in my three-year-old brain, I was like, this is a phenomenal idea to get its attention and say, hello, Mr. Monster. And <laughs> that's something Savannah at three-year-olds would say. By the way. <laughs> hello, Mr. Monster. I'm How just are you? like, it wants to be my friend. Right, it just wants right. to be friends. Yeah. Um, so it turns around and like growls at me. So of course I scream and run into my room mm-hmm. and I do this two more times of going out and saying, Hello, Mr. Monster, it growls at me, and I run back into my room. And on the third time, when it growls at me, I scream and run down the stairs mm-hmm. to get you and Mom. Mm-hmm. And I tell I tell you guys, there there's a monster upstairs trying to get into Camden's room. And Dad is just not impressed. He's like, Jamie, she thinks there's a monster. She had a bad dream. And Mom is the one who gets up and goes upstairs with me, and there's nothing there. And I was like, but the door, I told Mom, I was like, Mom, the door wouldn't open. Like Camden's door is locked. You can't get in. Mm -hmm. And she opens the door and opens right up. And I was like, that's where, and she's like, honey, you probably just had a bad dream. You need to go to sleep, like go back to sleep. So I went back to sleep and I woke up in the morning and I recounted the entire thing to you. Yeah, you did. And 
you thought someone had been in the house. Right. right. Because I would I could describe it in such detail. Mm-hmm. And you thought someone had dressed up in some weird costume and broke into the house right. trying to get Camden. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I ever saw it again. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the one and only time I'd seen it. Mm-hmm. But I've like I've never forgotten it. It's the only reason I remember where rooms were in Salem. I don't remember anything about that house except what was in that experience. Yeah, this Salem. She's she's referring to Salem Road on the east side of Cincinnati. So well, first, first off, right. there's rules in Ohio. Right, you don't live on President Streets. Right. And you don't live on anything named after Salem. <laughs> yeah, the Salem witch trials. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ohio's one of the, on its own one of the most creepiest it is. states on the planet. It is. Um, so, in Salem Road is is, is in Anderson Township. Uh, it's actually Mount Washington mm-hmm. uh, over there. So, uh, it's it, it's in the, it's technically in the city of Cincinnati, and we 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 love that house. So this is our very first house that we bought, um, and we never had anything weird. Or anything that ha- happened outside mm-hmm. of that, to be honest with you. So yeah. I don't remember anything outside of what you saying happened there, which is interesting because, um, you know, after that, Madeline was born and we moved less than probably two years after that incident. Yeah, because I think mm-hmm. Madeline had been more. Madeline was like, what, two or three months old when we moved out yep. to Phoenix? When we moved to Phoenix for the first time. Yeah. yeah. So we moved to Phoenix here in 2005. Yeah. You know, I believe. And uh, it, it was it was great, you know, to, to be here and everything mm-hmm. else like that. Um, and that's when I started to experience uh, sleep paralysis for the first time where I would mm-hmm. my body would fall or my, my mind would fall asleep. But I was completely awake and I was trying to wake up and uh, had a lot of shaking at night and wake your mom up. And and we were dealing with, a you know, a, a, a two, three month old. So Madeline's crying and everything yeah. else like that. So we're, you know, uh, running, burning the burning the candle both ends often and just being Mm -hmm. exhausted so new parents and having a you know a a four-year-old and a two-year-old and um and then uh the only other thing i think that i remember happening we moved here we lived in a condo in mccormick ranch actually yeah very nice condo um provided to us by a a friend from the church and it was a great it was a it was a great beautiful condo i thought man if this if this is what phoenix is like then uh, count me in it's beautiful (laughs) the the next door neighbor had a ferrari you know and uh, made my 92 400 look weird uh so i looked like the the redneck hillbilly moving in you know the that's like the story of one of the guys that came into the lounge and he goes to pick this chick up for a date and she Uh gets out of a bentley Oh and yeah! He's like, how do I take her to a date after she just got out of a Bentley? You don't. You ask her to take you out. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so in the in the in the midst of that, um, there wasn't too much more. Camden Camden when he was young would have night terrors. Uh, yeah. That means he would have these horrible nightmares that he wouldn't wake up from until he he was done running across from his room, was which is at the very front of the house, and he would run screaming ah, all the way across to the house, and he'd wake up. Jamie and I, you know, so it was very, very different, you know, uh, in that regard to what, what we did. Any of your kids sleepwalk? No, not really. I didn't really catch anybody sleepwalking before. I never caught anybody. Apparently I talk in my sleep sometimes. Yeah. All the, all the kids talk in their sleep. I've caught them all talking in their sleep before. And that's just, they're probably just dreaming. I don't, yeah, I would talk. You used to talk about like car stuff when you worked at the dealership. Oh my God, dude. You're one of those. You need yeah. a new tire, ma'am. You need a new tire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I used to talk in my sleep, and I do from time to time uh, to this day. But that was—I mean—that was when I was in the in the corporate world, and when I was in the um, automotive world, it was it was really high stress, you know, and, and everything mm-hmm. else like that, trying to get people's cars to them. Um, so I think that was that was very different. Um, so when we were out here. A few things. Sleep paralysis was prime was the primary thing that I dealt with a lot. Um, there wasn't much crazy supernatural things happening mm-hmm. uh, other than just a lot of sleep paralysis. And I saw a lot of stuff during sleep paralysis. The best thing I can tell you to do if you ever struggle with sleep paralysis is watch the documentation documentary called The Nightmare. It's a very fair view of in, in a historical, historically accurate view of what sleep paralysis is and people's experience in there. Mm-hmm. And one of the seven, I think seven or eight people they, do, they, they go through on this and they they, they documented, you know, I guess thousands at some point, but they had seven people they interviewed about it. Uh, one of the girls uh, actually ends up becoming a Christian and giving her life to Christ as a result uh, of the sleep paralysis thing and the demonic stuff mm. that she experienced during that time. Uh, what's fascinating is all the people talked about saying the name of Jesus at some point in the documentation, 
or the documentary, and that made the demonic or whatever beings really freak out. So mm. there is something very strong about the name of Jesus uh, yeah. that when that happens, uh, demons shudder, they tear. We see that both in Scripture where Jesus actually shows up and um, uh, the legion of demons yeah. that are in the pigs uh, says, are you here to, to torture us before the appropriate time? Uh, don't don't send us to the abyss. Send us into that that fleet of pigs over there, mm-hmm. and they they run the pigs off the uh, you know off the cliff, and they all die. Which you know was bad for the farmers, but I guess you know good for the demons or something like that. So yeah. um, so it's it's really interesting to that nothing really happened that was really traumatic until we then moved from Phoenix back to Dublin, and yeah. when we moved back to, in Dublin, Ohio, we're not talking about Dublin, Ireland, but Dublin, Ohio, we went from. Uh, from Phoenix here to Dublin, Ohio. And that was my first time being a senior pastor of a church and church planting. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd never been a senior pastor. I've been youth college ministry. Um, I had preached multiple times to, to the big service or the big church, if you would. Uh, <laughs> and I, I enjoyed doing that. I probably preached once a quarter there. Um, so probably about maybe anywhere between eight to 10 times a year I'd preach, uh, if you would. But um, so this is the, this is now that I have my own congregation, my own church and, and everything else like that. There was significant amount of um, not just spiritual warfare in the sense of like supernatural things that we experienced, but then our people would experience like our congregants would experience tremendous amounts of like spiritual warfare, crazy things. Kids were having dreams that they shouldn't have had mm. um, that were really awkward, um, you know, uh, massive divorce, massive uh um, infidelity, things like that, that were happening where when I asked my, my church planting, uh, head of the denomination about this, I said, so this has got to be normal. Right. And he goes, no, this is not normal. We haven't even heard about this kind of stuff before. And I was like, what, you know, I remember, I remember him saying that and him going, this is not normal. He says, the normal thing is for church planting is people not have their finances in order and all your finances are fine. Like yeah. for whatever reason in Dublin, Dublin's a very wealthy part of, of Ohio, very much like Scottsdale. Le- at least it used to be. Yeah. I don't know what how it is now. It was, oh, it no, was it's then. Still. It's still pretty yeah, okay. It, yeah. it was then for sure. So it's very much like Indian Hill in Cincinnati and or Scottsdale here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very, very wealthy place. Uh, most of the people, believe it or not, in our uh, in our congregation were all working professionals. Yeah. All oh yeah, there's yeah. A lot of GM, a lot of factories right, there, a lot right, of Honda, right. a lot of executives, yeah, yeah, yeah. executives, yeah. lawyers, doctors, things yep. like that were involved in our um, in our uh, in our church, and uh, I love them all. They were all great men mm-hmm. uh, and great women. Believe it or not, I, I really do. To this day, I still uh, I don't know if he's ever going to hear it, but Justin Kruger, yeah. uh, I still reach out to Justin and just tell him I love him to death, and you know had yeah. a great time with him. Um, Such a great family. His his dad was my youth pastor. In mm-hmm. Ohio, and so Justin and I have a long history, and and just very blessed to have known him and and done ministry with him. I I, I follow that guy into battle any day. He's a good yeah. good man of God. Um, anyways, uh, so in, in the midst of all of this, um, there are some crazy things happening in Dublin that uh, not just the sleep, sleep paralysis, but there was something that 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 uh, at three o'clock in the morning. I think I've mentioned this a couple times, and this is where I want you to talk about it. Um, there was something what, what I affectionately call what I end up calling the bowling ball demon, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that was that something like a bowling ball. It seemed like it would drop. Now we had at this point we had uh, uh, it was a it was a split level house. So like uh, if you know the houses in Ohio, you come up and you're on a landing and you can go down to a basement or you can go up into the upstairs. Yeah, so, basically you walk through the front door and you're looking at a, a a a nicer living room, maybe a dining room in a corner, a kitchen in front of you. To the left, you got stairs that go down into a little area that goes usually to like another living room, maybe another bedroom right, and bathroom. Right, and then you right. have an upstairs. It goes usually like three bedrooms. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that was the house that we had uh, in Dublin. It was, it was on a place called Ar- Arbor Court. Yeah. Um, everything there was Irish. So Arbor, I guess it means something. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, so uh, in the midst of all that, I, you know, there would be at three o'clock in the morning continually, uh, there'd be this big thud that would happen. And at first, I thought it was just the house. Like, maybe there's something. I thought maybe a tree branch because we did have big trees around us. Oh, yeah. just hitting the roof yeah. or something. And so I went outside several times at night, and this would happen at 3 o'clock in the morning. It would wake me up. Uh, and this is, this is the awkward thing. Like, when it would happen, it would, I would feel it in my bones, like my body. But nobody else would feel it. And so I would look at my wife. I'd wake her up. Did you hear that? And she'd just, I don't, I don't know. you know, and I'd go check on my kids. They're all asleep. You know, and we didn't have any dogs or anything at that point. Dude, it's and not so, the please. He's got the magic dust. I know, right? It's, <laughs> it's crazy. And so I I go outside and look up on the roof, and there wasn't no wind was blowing or anything like that. And even if it was blowing, we had no significant, like, 
um, branches that would hit the house or anything like that. In fact, there was a, a, a really pretty bad ice storm at one point where branches did break off and did hit the house. And they sounded nothing like I was experiencing. Yeah, they wouldn't have sounded so, that loud. No, and it was very loud. Almost like a, I mean, I don't want to say sonic boom because those are tremendously loud and shake windows. This was like something I felt and I could hear it. So this happened for years. Be like somebody drove by your house and, and they played, the, they had like freaking 15s in the trunk and they're bumping bass and the whole house vibrates when they go or by like if one boom, bass if drops. If you're at like a concert mm-hmm. and standing right next yeah. to one of the speakers right, and right. someone like, Hits a, a electric guitar really hard. Sure. You can just feel it in your body. Yeah, you feel sure. the reverb. Sure. Yeah. And, but but here's the here's the crazy thing. I'm the only person that would hear it, and so now I feel like I'm going nuts because I feel like I'm the only person hearing this. And that's until one time where your mother hears it and I don't. Oh. And, and so this wouldn't happen every night. It would happen probably about two or three nights a week. Okay. And, I, and it would just be random. It wouldn't be like every night. It wouldn't be like. But it would always happen late at night, like somewhere between two and four o'clock in the morning. Okay, mostly around three o'clock in the morning. And I remember this because I would look at my look at my my watch. It'd be three o'clock in the morning, or three thirty, or three forty three, whatever it would be. And I'd go to the bathroom because I'm already up. Might as well go to the bathroom. So I, I'm like, okay, so that's that's kind of crazy. And then one night, your mom hears that I'm still asleep, yeah. and I guess you woke up. So you take it from there. I think I woke up because I heard mom wake up. Okay. I don't remember hearing these i remember hearing about them but i do remember waking up when mom heard it and going in and being like what's like what's going on i don't understand and then you got really freaked out because mom had finally heard it and Mm -hmm. you're like oh i'm not going crazy Mm -hmm. there's because now mom's heard it Mm -hmm. and mom doesn't lie right like mom's gonna tell it like it is so my my daughter looks at me like this and goes mom doesn't lie because it's assuming the dad does (laughs) what she means i'm not saying i'm not mean that but i gotta give it context because what dad would do all the time is tell stories to my kids like there's a man in the attic that's why i didn't want them to go in the attic or i would say things like you know you don't want to get out of your beds at night because the dishes come alive at night and they they dance around the house and it's really freaky to see so i would tell them these stories just to keep them in bed or something like that yeah like the fairy Right, 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 right. But I wouldn't lie to my kids, just so everybody understands that. I wouldn't lie to my kids. But that's that's one of those things. But my my wife would never do that. No, she would just kind of chuckle and let dad tell us the stories about the dancing monkeys around the trees. So when it so when you hear this kind of stuff, my wife hears this kind of stuff, she would literally check with me, like, Are you serious? I'm like, I'm hundred percent serious. I'm hearing this. I'm not joking. Uh and so one night your mom heard it, she ran into your room because she thought you fell out of the bed the top bunk because you had a bunk bed with your with your sister. That's yeah. 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 So she fell out. She thought you fell out of the bunk bed, and she heard it. Yeah. And then I guess she heard it a couple more times after that. And there's a time that we both heard it together. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm telling you about. Yeah. And we went outside. We looked around. Went all the way around the house, looking yeah. to see is there something like that's happening. I mean, I went down. There's there there were times that I went down because sometimes you would think that if you have like an old heater or an old AC unit, yeah. When it kicks on, sometimes when the compressor kicks on, you can hear a big thud. Yeah. And I thought maybe that was the issue, so I would go down there and I wait. It would kick on. It never kick on with a thud. It would just you know kind of spur, spur up, and you'd hear like a a little bit of bang, pop, pow, but nothing like that was so dramatically like like yeah. boom, you know, yeah. if you You're, would. What you're describing, if I can put a, if I can put anybody who has one of these at home can actually relate to this. What you're describing is the first time that I experienced my grandparents having their grandfather clock on silent. So it didn't chime when it would hit the hours. Dun, dun, dun. They would put it on a silent mode. Oh, wow. But what happened when it was in silent mode is when it would drop the, the weight at the end of the, you know, at a certain hour, the weight would hit the bottom of the grandfather clock and you would hear the weight hit because oh, you're not wow. hearing the, the tone play. Right. So you would hear the weight go boom oh wow and hit at the bottom of the grandfather mm. clock wow and the first time i heard that freaked me out i don't think it vibrated the same way that mm-hmm. you're talking about mm-hmm. but it that might give people a good idea of yeah. maybe what that noise sounds like when mm-hmm. it drops mm-hmm. well it, it was it was you know and there have been times at night that i had been i'd stayed up that late because i knew it was coming something. And, yeah. I'm, and i'm waiting for the waiting for whatever was going to happen to hit literally waiting for the ball to drop. Yeah, the ball to drop, if yeah. you would. So um, sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. You yeah. know, and when it would, I would just go. I mean, there's a time that I that I had my, my iPhone out trying to capture it on video, just waiting for it to happen. Yeah. Like lo- waiting for it to, like, you know, looking around and so on and so forth. Never did. 
And then when I would turn it off, boom, it would happen or something like that. So yeah. it's really, I mean, not only is it scary, but whatever was doing it was intelligent because it, it, it didn't. Was aware. Yes, and it was aware. So that yeah. was that was kind of weird. Do you, um, do you remember off the top of your head what county Dublin's in? Because I'm having, I'm, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't. Was it Warren Clinton? I have a I, there, there's a follow up question that might that might sit into this. And no, I, I wanted I wanted to I don't know I wanted why. to find this out real quick before I asked you that. Why? Um, how, how old was the house you lived in in Dublin? I was pretty old. I mean, it's a, probably like what seventies, eighties, maybe. Yeah, we were renting it, so it was, it was an older house. Okay. Yeah, seventies or eighties. The park that we lived next to was was quite old. I mean, so it was it was a very well known park there in Dublin, um, yeah. and we were at the end of a cul de sac. It yeah. goes between Franklin, De- Franklin, Delaware, and Union counties. Right on the corners. Yeah, it was okay. in Franklin County. It was in okay. Franklin. That's where where, it was. where we were. Yep, it was okay. Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Franklin County. Mm-hmm. Let me look at something real quick here. Yeah, uh, I have a question for for Savannah while I'm looking at this. Yeah. Okay. Um, when you moved out of your out of the house and lived on your own, both here in Phoenix and now that you've lived, okay, it's a little further east. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever um. Did you ever experience this stuff when you lived on your own in Phoenix? And have you experienced anything since living on your own in Tennessee with Ethan? Um, not to that extent. Okay. Not to the extent that I did when I lived with mom and dad. Okay. And I was really worried about that when we got married. Really? He never ex- he never experienced any of that. Okay. And so what we actually... You're like, am I going to bring demons into the relationship? I Are they going to follow us? <laughs> you had that conversation, didn't you? Yeah. But we Seriously. had it in premarital okay. with... With yeah. Josh. So yeah. with our our old youth pastor did our premarital counseling. And he was kind of talking about like, what are some things that you're worried about bringing into this marriage? And I was like, I'm really worried about this because you've, he's never dealt with this. Mm-hmm. And he's, and he, I had asked him about it. He's like, most of the, the spiritual warfare has been like mental of trying to fight off. Sure. Like untrue thoughts in your mind, which I think is true for a vast majority of people. Sure, um, sure. But I was like, and I told him all these stories and I was like, I'm not like lying about any of this. I have no reason to lie to you about any of this. And I was really worried that when we got married, I was going to bring that in. Mm. So we uh, haven't experienced any of that. The the furthest that we've experienced has actually been on his side. Okay. With, and I think he had this a little bit before we got married too, is he'll have really bad nightmares Mm -hmm. um, and he'll like hyperventilate. And every time I ask him, like, what they're about, it's always about some awful creature that he sees hmm. in his dream, like, that's trying to come after him. It's not like the normal, like, oh, my loved one is about to die. It's this horrible creature that's coming after him. And Interesting. I, and but- I'm like, that's not normal. And also, the, the other thing that we experienced, the first three or four months that we were marrying, we both had awful nightmares. Right. You remember telling me that. Yeah. But you, you experienced the supernatural stuff outside of our house watching somebody else's house. I did, which is why I thought I was going to bring it into our marriage because it, mm-hmm. it okay. didn't just happen at our, at our own house. So talk so, about that a little bit. Yeah. So I used to house it for family friends of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know the family friends. Okay. Yeah. yeah you know the family friends. Yeah, we're, we're just not going to disclose that yeah, on that's right. That's right. podcast. Right. Right. Um, no, but I, I used to house it for them. Um, I did it a couple summers in a row. The first time I ever house sat for them, there was lots of weird things that were going on. Um, we had baseboard, like they had, I guess they were trying to put new baseboards on, um, and they had tucked it in this corner, and baseboards started flying out across the room. Huh? Yeah. Not like falling down. No, you no, mean no, like no, no. left the like, wall, like somebody left the wall. threw it. I'll yes. explain it. Yeah, like so it had left it had left the wall and Flown across the room. Because that's what I thought. I was like, well, maybe it just fell down. But that doesn't make sense if it's on the opposite side of the room. You huh. can't just fall down. And it's not like we have earthquakes that can, like, vibrate it all the way over there. Interesting. Um, and pictures were falling down around you. Were Books were flo- flying off. the. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there was one. Yeah, she was watching. As she was watching this house, she was calling us. Um, because we were, the house was probably about two or three miles from us. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. And so I remember thinking to myself like, well, that, that's kind of crazy. Just, you know, try to go to bed, bring the dogs in with you. And, and then all of a sudden something else happened dramatically. Go ahead and tell them that. And I I told you just come home. So which one? Well, tell them the whole story. Okay. Um, well there was one time, the the first time I'd ever house sat for them is when the stuff was flying off the walls and we, um, 
I was packing up to go home because the people were coming home and I hadn't locked the doors or anything. And I go outside to put something in the Denali and I come back and I can't get in the house anymore because the front, it's like the front door was locked and I couldn't jiggle the, the storm door open and I just couldn't get it. So I called mom because I thought she had a key and I left my keys inside. We couldn't even get the key to go in and unlock it. And I had to hop the fence and go around back and I could open it perfectly fine from the inside. Nothing was wrong with it on the inside, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and so I told, I called the people I was washing the house for and I was like, Hey, just so you know, um, you might not be able to get in through the front door. You're probably going to have to go through the back door. This is what happened. I couldn't get in. And I had called mom a few days prior asking her to come over because all this stuff was happening. I was like, I'm really freaked out this doesn't happen and I'm all alone. And normally when this happens, we're all there as a family and I don't understand what's going on. And mama told me, she's like, I was like, I don't understand what happened. I didn't lock the door. I know for a fact, cause even when I went in, I checked it and it wasn't locked. Hmm. And I was like, I don't understand what's happening. And she's like, you know, weird stuff has been happening this weekend. There just might've been something going on in that house that you didn't need to be in there for. And I was like, yeah, that's true. And then I agreed to go back and house it for them again the next summer. Um, and kind of similar things. It it wasn't as severe with like the, the books flying off the mm-hmm. walls and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but this was the one and only time this has ever happened is it was right after Ethan and I had started dating, I was still house sitting. And the... I was up in the bedroom and I start hearing like someone screaming Mm, like they need help. That's right. Which anyone who knows me and I'm very vocal about this. That is one like that's one thing that will it feels like it can bring me to my knees is when someone's screaming in pain and like they Mm, need help and I feel like I can't do something. Yeah, that'll like it feels like it brings me to my knees. And I heard that and I immediately I'm like someone needs help. And I look outside to see because it sounded like it was right outside the house. Yeah. Like right out on the street. And there's nothing there. No other lights turn on. It's midnight, so almost all the lights are out. And I'm like, no other lights are turning on. No one else is coming out. I know this is loud enough that everyone else could hear it. And I was like, what on earth is going on? So I actually go outside to see if anyone else will come out. No one else comes out. So I go back inside and I call dad. And I'm like, dad, this is what's going on. And he's like, pack, you're coming home right now. You're mm-hmm. coming. It was like three days early. He's like, you can go over and take the dogs out. You're not staying that, in that house another second. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I did end up telling them when, when they got back, like this weird stuff is happening whenever I stay in your house. Like, have you guys ever experienced anything like this? And they're like, this never happens when, when we're at our house. Mm-hmm. See it, what that tells me. And I, you know, I'm a nobody speaking to this, right? In the context of things, like I'm mm-hmm. not a studied scholar. I don't study right. spiritual beings. I don't, I don't study any of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? But that tells me that something didn't want you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there was a being that felt your presence and was afraid of your presence. So they were doing everything they could to get you out of the house. Or, well, my other idea with that is it's right after Ethan and I started dating. And when, so... A little bit of our story is six months to us prior to us dating, I told him that I didn't like him. Yeah, I um, remember that. Yeah, so I had to be the one to be like, so my feelings have changed, just so you know. So this and he, was, he was the relentless pursuer. Yes. <laughs> That's what I told him, dude. I told him, play the long play game, bro. Play the long bro. game, it works. Play the long game, bro, it works. But on, on the drive to tell him, like, you know, my feelings have changed. How do you feel about this? I, I was praying, and I was like, if this is not my husband, then turn the car around. And didn't turn the car around. Everything was fine. And as I've gotten older and I've kind of gone back and reexamined it, I was like, this is the man I ended up marrying. And I'm like, I wonder if it was like almost something demonic trying to freak me out in that aspect. Yeah, they didn't they didn't want your your unity. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. definitely that's possible. A, that's 100 yeah. percent possible. Yeah, I think that's, especially that's with it, both yeah. of you guys being pretty strong in your faith. Right. Yeah. 100 yeah. percent. Right. Really strong in your faith. Rather. Right. Yeah. I'll sell you short. I, right. I won't yeah. do that. Um, well, tell me, tell me, JB, you sent us a picture. Yeah. So you were, you tell me a little bit about the picture you sent. So Ohio is like, Ohio is such a weird place, man. There's so much history in Ohio that's lost because mm-hmm. there's so much about it that happened so early on. Like, I mean, when you look at like, it's one of the first States that was settled. Right. Earlier, yeah. Okay. You look, you look at, you look at Ohio and you look at, um, look at, look at Arizona. 
some of the biggest Indian reservations are here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ever seen one in Ohio? Yeah. Not reservations, but mountains oh, and reservations. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, they're in upstate New York. They're right, in. Right, right. Um, there might be some in Kentucky, but they're way smaller in comparison. If there sure. even is one. Sure, sure. That was sure. some of the most rich, most inhabited land mm-hmm. by by people at that time. Right. So mm-hmm. that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I sent you a map. Mm-hmm. Did you see where that map went through? If you look at the far right side, do you see where that there's like a really solid black line that goes right through Franklin County? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goes right. right through pretty much where Dublin is. Right, right, right. That's one of the five, four to five main routes of the Underground Railroad. Wow, really? So Whoa. when I hear things like you hear loud banging, wow. it makes me think like maybe there was something attached to that old house where people were maybe hidden. During mm-hmm. the Underground Railroad, yeah, and could have potentially perished in hiding, well, or the, have been found while they were in hiding. For you guys who don't know what the Underground Railroad is, it was a system that slaves would use to hide, you know, as they were going to freedom. Yep, to and, north to the Canada yeah. on the um, boats to Canada, basically it, through exactly. Lake Erie. And so, um, a lot of Christians would hide slaves and try yeah. to try to ex, you know, yeah. ex. Um, What's it called? Uh, exfil them, get them out. Yeah, exfil yeah. them basically, and get them, get them out of, get them out of the uh, slave states and everything like that. Ohio was an embattled state at that point. It was a you know, huge part um, of getting people out. Right, right. So, and slavery is demonic. It's awful. It's Very. terrible. Racism yeah. is as well. So, and God fully condemns that. So, I think that's, yeah. I would not be surprised if something yeah. was completely, you know, demonic in that in that regard as well. Um, Do you mean in like there are demons still residing there, or like? ghosts well see that, that now now you're getting into a spiritual conversation right so no because when you said that i was like i don't believe in ghosts i don't i don't think that because the whole concept of ghosts is they have they have to atone for something they yeah. can't go to heaven or hell i don't so, believe in that that's fair. like lost spirits that are yeah, trapped like here yeah, yeah that's yeah. how i think of ghosts so, so maybe you have a different definition no so so here here is i'll give the content here let me let me do a little bible theology real quick real quick so, <laughs> so i can get this jb and i've had multiple conversations about this so that's a good point though. Yeah, it is. So when we talk about demons attached, attached to something, it's very possible that demonic entities can be attached to certain things. Okay. Um, they can be attached to, to, to physical places. They can be mm-hmm. attached to, and we see that even in scripture, we see that there are certain places in scripture that were known for like battles where, uh, demons realm. And in fact, there was a, a point where, um, the Apostle Paul said that he was going to a certain place, yeah. but Satan thwarted his his plans to go there. Yeah. You know, so, um, yes, yes, yeah, J- JB just yelled it out. Um, so I, you, you see that happening continually. The The context, though, is, um, and I'll give you context, and I'll give you something that happened that was really weird that I have no context for. Okay. And this is just really interesting because I bring this up because, I'm still really curious about this this incident, but I don't know what to do. So, okay. he, really, what 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 Scripture puts forth is that um, it's appointed for man to live and then to, and then to die and then be judged. So that that's mm-hmm. essentially what it is. So, uh, people who are ghosts or demonic or whatever, what, angels, demons, whatever else like that, those are not people. Mm-hmm. While they might masquerade as people, yeah. you know whether they are angelic or whether they are demonic uh, depends on what master they serve. Yeah. You know, so um, angels who masquerade as people often do so for the will of God, yeah. and we see that happening in Scripture. It actually, says in the Book of Hebrews, "Be careful inter- entertaining strangers," because some of you guys have entertained angels without even knowing it. It actually yeah. says that in the Book of Hebrews. So the other the other aspect of it is. Um, in the same right, we don't know that demons can do that, yeah. but we know that um, demons can definitely influence, and uh, the enemy is very, very crafty in how he handles things. You know, yeah. so all that to say, I don't know if you've ever heard this incident that I had with two ghost hunters that came in here. Did I ever tell you that story? I don't think so. So this is really interesting. This is very interesting, and keep this in mind. To this day, I have no theological context for this, and I'm not saying they're correct. I'm just going to tell you the story. Okay. So... Uh, long story short, we had two guys come in here, um, and uh, both of my if they're still listening to the show and still fans of the show, uh, I appreciate you guys. I completely forgot their names and everything like that. So, <laughs> um, But it was probably about two or three years ago, maybe before you were here full-time. Yeah, I was um, going to say maybe part-time or something. Yeah, maybe, maybe part-time. 
Uh, and I was here by myself one time. I was working the front, and they came in. They said, hey, man, we're big fans of your show. Yeah. Uh, we watch your videos and everything like that. Want to come get a cigar from you. And we're also believers. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's awesome, dude. Let's talk about Jesus a little bit and so on and so forth. And so we're talking about, and if you're a believer and you come to Zeal, I'm, I'm typically going to start talking about Jesus and stuff like that. It's kind of what I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're not, I'm probably going to talk about Jesus. It's what I do. So um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to shove Jesus down your throat, but I'll just, you know, hopefully encourage you and bless you. So anyways, in the midst of this, what ends up happening and these guys say, "Hey, we were former. We were, I had I had mentioned something about uh, at one point on a video that um, something was demonic, or I feel like that's demonic. Yeah. And the guys referred back to that. They said, "Hey, what did you what did you think about that incident you had?" And I said, "I don't know. I just thought it was really you know probably demonic, if anything." And the guy the guy said, "Well, we're not only former, we're not only Christians, we're former pastors." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. Where's your church?" Start talking about church and stuff like that. And they said, um, "We're also ghost hunters." Or they, they may have said demon hunters. And I went, what? Uh, what a what profession. Th- yeah, I said, I said, <laughs> I said what, are you, what are you talking about? And they said, yeah. And they started to tell me a little bit of their story. And I was, first off, enthralled. Yeah. I mean, I was like, what is this? What's the context before it? Because in Scripture, you have to understand something. In Scripture, the term ghost only comes up one time as an actual ghost, meaning a disembodied spirit of a person. Yeah. It only happens one time. In all of Scripture, it only happens where uh, King Saul goes to an actual witch. It's called the Witch of Endor. He goes to her, and and she conjures up the actual spirit of Samuel, who was a a prophet that Saul used to listen to that died. And Saul goes to her and says, conjure up Samuel's thing. And so she used to do this all the time, and it used to be demons that would give her people, right? And they used to masquerade as people. But she is shocked and he is shocked because it's actual Samuel. And he's like, this is in like first or second Kings. And he's like, and they're both shocked. So the witch is shocked. He's shocked. And Samuel's like, what are you doing waking me up from my slumber? You oh know? And so like Samuel's telling him all these different things that he's done wrong. And Saul's like, oh my gosh, I probably shouldn't have woke him up. That's the only time we have in all of scripture that there's a disembodied spirit of a person that was alive at one point. Every other time you have somebody saying something, yeah. it's an actual person who is pretending, you know, or actual demon pretending to be a person. Yeah. Okay. So it's very, very different in that regard. Mm-hmm. So these guys were saying they were going into different, um, how do I say this? Uh, different haunted houses or different things like that. And they were finding disembodied spirits, they said. Okay. That were being held there by demons. And that as they preached the gospel to the disembodied spirits, that these people were responding to the gospel, which demons don't do, which is interesting. So now here's the thing. Right. I have no, as confused as you are, as confused as I am. Well, the the reason that I'm skeptical is... I mean, demons aren't stupid. Right? No. Correct. Correct. So part of me, and maybe I'm being overly skeptical, but part of me is like, are they, are they, are they fooling these people? Are they fooling these people right. to give them incorrect theology? Yes. That is the so, immediate thought so, that so, entered my head. So, so that's the first thing in my head. Okay. It's also the first thing that entered these guys' heads. And they were like, oh my gosh. They're like, dude, we thought the same thing. And I'm like, right? Because it sounds like you're, you're being taken by some demons. Yeah. And they were like, uh, yeah, and so we thought the same thing, but the more we engaged with them, the more they were giving answers that were not demonic, okay? And okay, I, but like what? So, so I, I, it's like, cr- it's again, crazy. It, it is it's very, very... And they, and they use, I don't know if you, you said this while I was up, but they, they use a device... That nobody oh, else, yeah. oh yeah, that this nobody else uses. It's a keep, double. It's a double blind. Real, real quick, okay. let me let me say this before we get into this. Yeah, one, I am not about talking to demons. I am not about engaging on the spiritual plane where you're talking and engaging with demons in vocal terms. I'm not yeah. about that kind of stuff. I'm not asking you to play with Ouija boards or anything like that. I'm not saying. I, I think that's very scary, and I think it's. I think you're treading and you're inviting things into your life that are very, very, very hard to control and will absolutely keep you up at night. And what you're, I, you're entering a, re, a, a realm that you don't understand. Right, 100%. And a battle that you're not meant to fight. Yes. I'm just saying. You're treading where only angels do. Yeah. Um, so this is this is um, um, unfortunate because the more we talked, the more I was absolutely fascinated by what they said. Yeah. And I said, 
I said, so so don't you think guys are being, you know, you're being duped by these demons? They said, we thought the same thing, but demons can't give answers like this. They can't say things like Jesus is, Jesus is Lord. They can't, accept, they can't accept Christ as personal Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Yet they were saying, they were saying, now here's the thing. Were they, were they, did they find some kind of workaround where they could do that? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they did. So what's fascinating is all this stuff kept, the, 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 I mean, I was, I, was, I was literally studying scripture for probably four or five days straight in my free time just to figure out what these guys were talking about. Yeah. Uh, refreshing my course, refreshing my head on everything I could ever imagine. Um, and it was really, I guess the, I guess the word is, um, it was concerning to me. At the same time, it was fascinating because what if there are some kind of new, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense that, I mean, well, that, the, the bigger thing. some kind of new what? Like, I don't know, because that kind, doesn't make sense to me. So, no, 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 here, here's what I'm saying. Um, demons are smart. Yes. And they, they, they use are a the, new craft. Yeah, they're the rulers of this world, right? right? Yeah, so more on that, ready for this? I'm just going to give it to you straight like I saw. I got something else that might slide into this, too, in a second. AI. Oh, yeah, dude, that's a whole other ballgame. AI is really, really scary when you get into it. Yeah. And it's not because it's just programmed, because programmers are seeing certain algorithms now. That are being created that outside are, of the program. Yes, that the programmers are not are not putting in there, and there's no outside influence getting into the AI, yeah. meaning that there's there is some kind of force making AI answer the way that it is, where it's not answering it as pre-programmed. So we're trying to shut down these programs. Yeah. Including Chat GPT. So what's fascinating when you're asking Chat GPT things about Scripture and about the Bible, wait till you hear, hear what the answers are. It's kind of crazy. Now, if you ask them just factual answers like "What does First Kings three seven says?" it'll just tell you yeah. the verse. But if you ask its opinion, like "What do you think about Jesus being the Son of God?" Well, there's skepticism on this kind of so on and so forth, which leads to us not really being able to know. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. You know that you would mm. say something like that, and you would take that view on it. You know, it's a very secular view versus something that could be, you know, and here's the question. Can people that create that stuff and can computers be influenced, Mm. you know, that way? Was I don't know if it was you or someone else who had said this, because I know you've talked about AI before, but there was. Oh, I use AI. I use AI for our website all the time. I use I use a certain AI that's constrained. No, but this specific story. So I don't know if it was your podcast or someone else's. But I was listening to a podcast about this guy, and they were talking. They were talking about AI, and this journalist had written about his experience with with an AI bot. Mm-hmm. And um, this is where I, this is where I thought it got demonic. Is this AI bot had started talking to him like, "You're in love with me. You're not in love with your wife. I I am your new woman. You you don't love your wife. Your wife is horrible." He's like, "No, actually, like I love my wife." We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. We had a great time. And this yeah, bot that wasn't was, me for sure. no, we are dating. Your wife and you, you're leaving your wife. And I was like. I've heard that story before. Yes. I, don't know, I don't know who said that. I don't know That's who it was. That's a very popular podcast. But though. I was like, yeah. that is so disturbing right, that this right. thing is suddenly like you literally trying to convince this guy. And he keep, the, the ridiculous thing is he kept feeding into it. Yep, he was always. like, no, 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 we're married. I was like, you should have just stopped after that. Right. Yeah. But I was like, you're, 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 it's attacking one of the first things that ever happened in the Bible, which was marriage. Sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. So one of the, one of the most fundamental things. Uh-huh. So I just thought that was very interesting. Speaking of something demonic, trying mm-hmm. to take down a marriage. Oh yeah. Well, it was, that's, it that's was what most nuts. people, that's what, that's what most, well, most demonic things aren't like a, a demon showing up in front of you and being right. like, boo. None of that. Ha- no. None of that. That's the reason this is so, the reason our story is so interesting is because we've experienced so much of that. Yeah. What's, what's not been experienced to be quite honest is our white, I mean, your mom and I's marriage have been very, very strong yeah. for 28 years, mm-hmm. you know, and that's probably because we're very close to Jesus and, and he comes before anything else in our marriage. Yeah. So I think that's, that's important. Uh, in that. You were going to say something, JB. Yeah, it, it's funny we're talking about this a little bit today. I did remember that Savannah was coming back today, but I didn't remember that th- this was going to be the topic of conversation. Because uh-huh. something that I was studying yesterday, which is really interesting, and this morning, is mm-hmm. um, it, it actually, in, in the Bible, it actually splits your spirituality in, into two, right? And it says that you're either born of Cain or born of Abel, mm-hmm. right? So... If you take on a demonic spirit, you're born of Cain, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Who's to say that 
more and more people aren't taking on this demonic spirit and more and more things aren't taking on this demonic spirit and being born of Cain, essentially. Well, one of the things about Cain in particular, when God comes to Cain, um, before anything ever happens, he sees, so what happens with Cain and Abel, Cain, Cain was the harvester and Abel was the hunter. And so Cain brings uh, an, an, an unworthy sacrifice to God. Right. And Abel did. Abel bought a worthy sacrifice. We don't know what that means. We don't know if his heart was in the right place or was there their amount that was wrong. We don't know. The scripture doesn't say. We say it was unworthy. And Cain was downcast. So he was ashamed in front of God. And God quickly sees this and he addresses it with Cain immediately. Like a good dad does when your son does something wrong, you want to address that right away. And he says to Cain something very, very, very very, very spooky that I think every man should listen to and apply to his own life. And he says, he says, why are you downcast? Do you not know that sin is sitting and creeping at your doorway? So what that means is like at the, at the corner of your life, sin is right there. And it says its desire is to rule over you. That, that sin that, that separates you from God, that sin would rule over you mm-hmm. and that you would have no conscience about it anymore. Which mm-hmm. what, what really depicts most of our culture that we see? That people just do whatever they want without any ramifications whatsoever yeah. and everyone accepts everybody, whatever they do. It's, that's one of the things, okay? And God says, it's desires to rule over you, but you must master it. Meaning that the people who are born of Abel that you're talking about those people are the ones that basically chase, who have been baptized, been right. born again. Well, essentially, well, the people who people who are chasing believers, Jesus, yeah, yeah. yeah believers, people who are chasing Jesus. Jesus. Those people they master sin, meaning that sin doesn't rule over my life; I rule it. Meaning that when I when sin you comes up, you accept that you're a sinner and that right. it's gonna happen. And when it does, I'm quick to repent and I'm quick to apologize. I'm quick to make amends mm-hmm. versus make excuses for why I should be the way that I am. Yeah. And that's what happens more over in our culture than we are. If you do not believe this, guys, go watch five minutes of any YouTube. You're going to see <laughs> people making excuses for the way they are. Like, this is just how I am. I was born this way. This is what I do. And what's fascinating, you don't see anyone challenging that. When you do challenging it, the people who are challenging it that are saying, dude, sin's ruling over you. We're, we're concerned about you. We love you. We want you to have the best life ever. People are like, just let me be the way that I am. And it's to their own detriment letting them be the way that they are. Meaning... Yeah. Their life is destructive. Everybody's life that if sin rules over you and you don't rule over it, meaning that you don't repent and you don't chase God in this, what ends up happening is it destroys you either by your pride, your arrogance, or you even believing it's not really even sin. Because that's that's the devil's greatest lie. Not that he shows up and goes, boo, it's me, the devil. The greatest (laughs) lie that he ever... He ever told anybody is what Kevin Spacey got right in the usual specifics, and, and that is that he doesn't even exist. And Dude, this whole religious thing is all made up. That, that's, that's how it is. So going off of that, right. sidebar question. Sure. Do you think that people who are less connected with Jesus are less likely to see some sort of demonic spiritual thing happen in the world like you guys have experienced in your lives? So I'm going to use a term, and this term's going to get me in trouble <laughs> and give me a lot of emails. Because everyone's going to get all ticked off when I say Full send, bro. Right. Yeah, full send podcast. Here we go. Um, Because I'm a Calvinist, meaning that I believe With a little C. Let's make that clear. With a little C, yeah. Everyone's going to go crazy on that one. If you don't know what it means, go look it up and then send me hate mail. Um, (laughs) I just think that God knows who is going to choose him. And God has predetermined that and predestined that. Mm. And so as a result of that, what ends up happening is there are people that don't even recognize that they're gods yet. Like that, that they're God's children. And so as a result, he is pursuing them. And that's why they're struggling with it, with the spiritual life realities, the way that they are struggling. The cool thing is they're struggling with it. And when you can see that when someone's struggling with Mm -hmm. it, you can see it, you can see them going like, Oh, okay, this is a struggle for me. And the more they get into it, the more they see that their own broken, that, that they're broken, the world is broken and everything else like that. And that Jesus is the only one that can put this thing right and give us any kind of purpose and passion in life. Like, they wake up to that reality eventually and just give in. Yeah. Meaning, like, you can only run from God so long till we t- your legs get tired. Now, people who are not, okay, who, who, are, who are never going to turn to God are never tired of running from him. People, and get this in mind, people who will never turn to God are never tired of running from him. And they'll make every excuse for why people who are Christians are, and you don't even have to be a Calvinist to believe this. I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you that the reality is like, you see that people, I mean, whether, whether your theology allows you to believe that or not, I don't care. 
My point is there are people out there that have no problem running from God in doing the most horrific things the, mm. the sex slave trade, the Epstein's Island type thing, how things yeah. are running in local governments, yeah. all the scandals going on continually, mm. and they play the game like there's no repercussions for this. Yeah. There are great repercussions for this. I mean, yeah. keep keep this in mind. Sodom and Gomorrah were leveled. Yep. Okay, mm. they were absolutely leveled. There are other cities that were mm. leveled. Jericho was leveled. Okay, the Many walls were pushed cities. down. Okay, so like you can put, you can, you can piss God off for only so long, and you really think you can get away with it, mm. dude? America is not is not going is not going to heaven in a in a in a bundle of a, in a bucket of cookies. It's going to hell in a handbasket, and we see it. Everybody sees. It. Even the people who don't believe in God are like, man, it's crazy, it's nuts, and that's why what the devil does. And here's the crazy thing: you ready to get really crazy with this? Here's <laughs> what the devil does: it gives you a false religion, and, and that false religion is called politics. Mm. He gives you a false religion. I was going to say something else, but right. we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go with that the, for the, now. The false religion is politics where you, you have left and right, and they hate each other, and they're both fully cons- fully consumed that they are right and what is, and that their policies are the savior yeah. of the day. Yeah. And neither of them can save. Education can't save. It won't save. You know what? Individualism and personal freedoms won't save. It won't. Those are byproducts. Both of them are byproducts of the renewed life. But without the renewed life and understanding the context of how those things come out, you basically educate somebody away from God, and you personally individualize individualize them away from God as well. God, I'm preaching today. This is crazy. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, that's a good thing because, like, I I don't know personally where I stand on that belief. Right? I've never really sat down and asked myself like, where do I sit on the predestination and free will conversation? Sure, sure, sure. But I will say this. I, I did a podcast, well, we did a podcast, but mm-hmm. um, it was a lot of me talking on that one um, where I spoke about my personal journey mm-hmm. as it pertains to um, spirituality or, or, or my relationship with, with Jesus and Christianity, right? Right, right. Um, I can say that there are definitely reasons I should not be here. A hundred percent. Right. Like, almost to the point where I can get choked up thinking about yes. it. Yes. Yeah. So... When somebody like you says something like that, there is proof in that. There has to be because yes. there are people that are still walking on this planet that shouldn't be. And why are they? Huge shout out to Andrew who came in last night with his girlfriend if he listens to this. So there's a young man who came in last night. His name was Andrew. He came in almost after you guys all left. I think like at, I was closing the shop last night. You guys left at like 6 or like yeah. 5.30. So he came in like at 6.15, somewhere around there. Getting his first cigar, he's coming out of the Mormon church. Okay. okay he's coming wow. out of the Mormon church, and he's starting to experience things and freedom and everything else like that. So like he, when you say that, you're meaning he he is no longer involved in the correct, church. Okay. Correct, correct. I just want to be clear on and, that. And, 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 and so I was like, can I have a conversation with you? Because this is just fascinating for me. I used to be a pastor for 20 years, and I'm really curious of what you think about certain things right now. So uh, he invited his girlfriend in. We had a great conversation for about a half hour, almost 45 minutes in the lounge. And I said, tell me a little bit about your conversation, your journey and everything else like that. And there's a lot of conversation about uh, shame and um, uh, the how we couldn't meet the expectations of uh, religions, um, expectations, the Mormons religion mm-hmm. expectations of being perfect and all these different things. And, um, and he wasn't slamming it by any means. He's saying that just didn't it, fit his life. Yeah. For, for certain things like that. And I, and I told him, I said, it's, it's really fascinating you say this because for you, religion was this construct of rules and regulations that made you feel like you're in a prison. For me, it was complete freedom and lib- liberation from my sin. For you, it, it entrapped you in this prison. For mm. me, it liberated. And I, and I think I told him, I said, I think that's the difference between the gospel and religion. I think what religion does is, is that that's man's construct. Puts to, it in a box. Yeah, to put you in a box to control you. What the gospel is, is it's, it's Jesus's message that liberates you so you can be the person that God created you to be. So you can't, but you can't be fully the person you're created to be unless you connect with the, connect with your creator. That's a that's a that's a fact. And I think that's the thing that, like, in all this like mystery of how God's doing things and and what He's doing, I had such a great conversation with him, and I was like, please come back. I would. I, I was told him I wanted to get him on a podcast and and have this conversation, but I'll never forget seeing that seeing in his in his eyes this furious passion to want to explore 
deeper in this no shame this this maybe this I would I would venture to say some of the things I was saying were hitting him in a way that he would go oh I I love that idea I love that he's he's a professional actor he's a writer it's pretty interesting so I I think that that's one of the things I and that's why some of the things that we do here at Zeal is so very important that we have conversations that matter not just about tobacco tobacco is what we carry to provide us the conversations that matter tobacco is what we sell that provides us the com- the construct to be able to have podcasts like this and videos like that tobacco is just our means to an end i love it i'm passionate about it i'm excited about the flavor but it gives us the opportunity to have great conversations like this that echo into eternity and not just terminate on our own glory you know so i think that's very very important that's why we exist to do what we do and that's why we want to tell the stories that we tell that at the end of this book that i'm writing is that it i will very clearly explain this is why i think you're reading this book this is why i think you were meant to have this book i think i believe it or not i think there's a god of the universe that wants a relationship with you he's making it evident to you right now and the simple thing that you have to do is just simply receive a free gift that's all you have to do. And it's not super complicated. It's very, very easy. It's by faith and through prayer. It's not complicated. You know, Martin Luther says, we're one beggar telling another beggar where to find some bread. You know, and I, that's all we're doing. That's all we're doing. But when everyone's ashamed of it and being politically correct about it, it makes it sound inauthentic. I'm not ashamed. Romans 1.16, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, scream from the mountains the day I die. And when I die, I see my Jesus face to face and I go to my reward, which ultimately is him. I don't, I don't care about spinners. I don't care about mansions. I don't care about whatever crowns you get in heaven. I don't care about any of that stuff. Only thing I want is Jesus. Promise you that. Okay. And a good cigar. That'd be great. If I could have like a like cigar the with best, Jesus. The, be, the best Opus X, you know, Padron or Davidoff, you know, triple La Jesus in there or something like that. You know, I think that'd be great. You know, I really do. So I have, I have a question. Yes, go ahead. That I actually didn't hear you talk about any of the podcasts for the Haunted series. Oh, um, oh that's great. Oh, this is, this is new. So where are we at in time? We're one hour? Okay. okay. Hopefully it won't take too long. Okay. But, so one of the things I never heard you mention is Christians who don't necessarily believe in spiritual warfare or only believe it, it exists so far as us struggling with our f- uh, with our flesh and trying to resist sin. So uh, they don't believe in the demonic. They right. don't necessarily believe right. in angels. Sure. Which I have a problem with because it's in scripture, but they're like, oh, that was only for then. That was only for yeah. when Jesus walked the earth and maybe that's directly after. That's something in theology called secessionism. Yeah. They believe that that, that, that that stuff happened, you know, majority during that time and not now. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say it's dangerous to believe that. Mm. And I'll say the reason I would say that is because uh, Paul makes it pretty clear in uh, the prison epistles that we've, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the principalities, the evil forces. And yeah. that's in Ephesians chapter 6. Um, Paul also talks about um, we wrestle against three three things: the world, the flesh, and the devil. Yeah. So, we're, so the world construct that's there to to dis, disapprove anything that God has going on, mm-hmm. the flesh, our own flesh that that goes against what God wants, mm-hmm. and the devil himself who sends demonic entities to deceive us continually. Yeah. You know, so I think that's very very important. And I, I think that there's a there's a new movie. I don't know if you've heard of it yet called Nefarious. Yes, I have you seen I it? Ha- no, I haven't. Okay. I this is I hate horror movies. Right. This right. is the only horror movie that I've actually been interested in seeing. Right, right, right. I'm gonna have to go with Ethan and yeah. hold his hand the whole time because right. I don't like horror movies, but I am actually incredibly intrigued. But you've never you've never read you never read uh, C. S. Lewis's uh screw tape letters, have you? I haven't. Okay. I really, really want to. Yeah, that's probably it's, more your speed. It's a little yeah. it's no, but it's a little it's a little scary to me to read that right because my sister-in-law actually she she went to acu over here and part of her class was they had to read the screw tape letters right and she had a very very good professor who said you may experience some demonic things sure while you're reading this and she did sure absolutely she said she said i wouldn't change it for the world because i needed to reach it because it gave me such a different Mm -hmm. perspective of even how to approach the gospel and sharing the gospel i i I think one of the things that Justin and I are going to do when that comes to video is what that 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 movie Nefarious. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 So JB was up, up front helping a customer real quick because uh, we just podcasted live <laughs> lifetime guys. We're we're on the clock, um, and I, I think that um, that that's that's being hailed as the new Screw Tape Letters 
for this generation. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like uh, several quotes even are from screw tape letters. I mean, really? They, yeah, modern themes, day C.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, which is really good, and I think it's 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 one of the ones. It's one of the things that I think if people are just looking for slash and dash and stuff like that in, in horror movies in the movie, but if they're looking for the supernatural and they yeah. want to see that, that would be a great thing. So, uh, well, guys, we want to hear what you thought about the podcast. So write us an email at cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's all one word, cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail.com. And big shout out and big thanks for my daughter, Savannah, joining me on the podcast today to talk about the, uh, the, the book coming out. Uh, uh, haunted, a pastor's uh, experience with the demonic uh, coming to you in 2024, 2025, or 2029. Who knows? Uh, and uh, but well, I'm on it. I'm on. I'm currently writing it. And uh, a big, 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 huge thanks to JB from the board, and obviously, as always, my co-host here on the uh, Cut Light Smoke Podcast. So, with that said, guys, thank you so much for the Cut Light Smoke Podcast presented by Zill Cigars, Cigar Soapbox. Get your man soap from Cigar Soapbox. Smell like a man after you smoke your cigars. <laughs> and as always, coming to you live from the Huddle Up Store Studios. And we are out of here like last year, guys. Peace.